All right. So today we are going back to Honduras with my new friends, Kyle and Natty. Kyle, Natty, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank Absolutely. you for having us here. This is yeah, great. it's great. Great to have you guys. So Kyle, you're you're a teacher and Natty, you're um, a digital nomad, correct? Exactly. Okay. All right, cool. And you guys live in Tegucigalpa. I, did I pronounce that right, Tegucigalpa? Tegucigalpa. Tegucigalpa. Okay, so it's not a cha, it's a C, Tegucigalpa. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Thank you. And that is the capital. That's quite a large, large city, actually. I didn't realize how large it is. Yeah. It's what's interesting when comparing uh, the size of cities is there is, um, it is way bigger than any place I've ever lived lived uh that's yeah. from bogota so it doesn't even compare um but it doesn't necessarily feel a lot bigger like there isn't there isn't as many like suburbs as you'd experience in the in the states yeah so yeah. it's uh but yeah it's it's close to a million people like eight hundred thousand, i think is yeah i pulled it up today on on wikipedia it said it's just over a million just slightly over a million so it's yeah. growing man yeah yeah <laughs> well I let me pull up the neighboring that might be the the uh the uh the metro but yeah it's gotcha it's uh yeah it's 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 sprawling and it's kind of fun it's tucked in between all the mountains so yeah cool well let me pull up a map so we can show people where you guys are at let me see here um whoops that wasn't a map was it no we got it yes that was a hold on here I have so I need you know what I need I need two screens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it comes. Let me see. There it is. Okay. So yeah, it is quite the 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 large city, and let's hone in on so Honduras is right next door to El Salvador, just north of Nicaragua, and perched in between Guatemala and Nicaragua, and Tegucigalpa, Tegucigalpa. There you go. All right. Tegucigalpa is okay. Somewhat in the center of um of uh Honduras. Okay, where is Copan? I'm trying to find Copan here. Copan's all the way over in the west, almost by Guatemala. It, okay. So it actually might not be on there. So it says yeah. Santa Santa, Santa Rosa, Rosa de Copan. Copan. Mm-hmm. As gracias and hmm. So all the way. Yeah, you're yeah. close to the border. Yeah. Huh? Um. Sorry, close to the border with Guatemala. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. On the other way. Over here. To the yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's that's uh, El Salvador. So then, Norris. You go up with your cursor. 
it's yeah. not actually it doesn't say the city because the Copan ruins is actually pretty small. Oh, you can okay. see it. Gotcha. Okay. Close there to you the go. border. Oh, there it was. Yeah, it wasn't in there. Okay. But yeah, it's pretty much in Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I remember when I was in um I I shot down when I was in Honduras, I shot down to Copan mm -hmm. and then I took a bus, one of those one of the chicken buses to um to uh, San Salvador. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a pretty awesome experience. I love that. But How um, that? yeah, so let's um so tell us a, tell us a little bit about um yourself, you know, how how did you how did you two land in um Honduras? Yeah, well, okay. so um it's my my job that pulled us here. Um so um, I was, uh, I entered teaching maybe about seven years ago. This is something like my seventh year of teaching. And I remember before I ever entered uh, the profession, I worked in, had worked in politics and actually banking for a while. My, a former colleague of mine's husband, um, they have been living and he has been teaching abroad for well over a decade. Um, and I remember hearing from him, this is like, 10 years ago, maybe, um, that all you need is one year of teaching in the States before you could uh, be able to get international school experience and be able to go work. Um, so um, I went through, uh, one of, I've lived around different parts in the United States. Um, and uh, right leading up to COVID, I wound up moving back to uh, the Midwest and moving back with family. Um, uh, to work on some family stuff. And um, I ran into somebody when I was, I, I hadn't expected to be back. So I was substitute teaching. I ran into somebody that had just come back from Korea and he mentioned about uh, at the University of Northern Iowa holds a fair every year. Um, now that I'm in this space, I realize there's a, there's a ton more organizations. In fact, it kind of seems like there's, it's kind of a big patchwork. There's not really a clear Kind of this is where you go to get teaching jobs overseas. Um, but University of Northern Iowa, um, Honduras uh, had reached out and um, and uh, I actually thought it was in Costa Rica at first because I got in the, the street technically that the that the university is on. The name of the street it's, is Avenida de Costa Rica. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he read super fast and he thought like he told me like guess what this school from costa rica just reached out to me yeah. so <laughs> nati's, mom, nati's mom was like uh that's tugusigapa that's in Honduras." That's um so and really liked the people at the school um and uh nati and i were uh dating but dating online yes. and i'm trying to think if we had met in person yet not yet not. and then so uh so it kind of seemed like serendipitous that all the parts and pieces and she was open to coming here um, because yep. of because of your work, which is more flexible. Yeah, when Kyle told me that he wanted to teach abroad, I thought like, oh my God, what if, if he finds a school in Colombia? That would be great. <laughs> and when he told me when he told me about Honduras, I thought like, oh, it's just right in the middle of the US and Colombia. So sure, why not? So yeah, I supported him from the very beginning. Wow, that's that's cool. So this is a love story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In many ways. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, 
That's great. Okay. So, um, all right. So let me see here. All right. So, okay. So Kyle and Natty, Natty. Natty, yes. Natty. Okay. So did you guys have to go through a visa process to, to stay in Honduras? So we have we have two very separate stories yes. about it. Um, okay. with Natty and I being coupled but not married. Mm -hmm. um, so the school worked out everything pretty well for me. Um, what was kind of interesting is the school didn't set up anything before I came. Um, so I think the their attitude as time has gone on that it's easier to uh, take care of the process. So I actually entered as a tourist. Okay. Uh, and then um, uh, and then we wind up going to the immigration office with uh, uh, somebody that has some legal training. They're like a, uh, like attache or something like that. And he, he winds up just taking care of everything at the office. And it seems like it's kind of, he's, he has a lot of relationships with the people there. He kind of... <laughs> brings them donuts and does all that sort of stuff. Nice. Uh, so uh, so he he winds up taking care of everything. They get the residency um, and everything. Um, Nazi's experience has been slightly different, but- It's been different because yeah. I am here like a tourist. And every time that I come here, it's like maybe there are not too many remote workers or digital nomads in Honduras. So every time that I get here and I explain to them that my boyfriend works here and then that I want to spend a season with him, it's like they they just can like understand because maybe they are not used uh, to digital nomads. So it's been a little bit of an issue for me to mm -hmm. enter the country. Um, so I've been coming back and forth between Colombia and Honduras for the last year. Uh, thank God sometimes because of one of my clients, I have to leave Honduras for work and then I come back. Um, but yeah, that's my story. You know, I have to leave the country. I come back and that's what I do because you, um, if every tourist can stay in Honduras for 90 days. Okay. If you want to extend it another month, you pay $20 and that's it. You just can extend one month. End of okay. the story. But since I arrived here the first time, they will always give me one month or two months, <laughs> you know. So Kyle sure. and I are always thinking like, where can we go next? Let's go to Panama or let's go maybe to Belize. No, we haven't done that. So, you know, or I say like, okay, I'm going back to Colombia and I'll come back to Honduras. So yeah, that's been my story. And thank God now um, we are working with this uh, lawyer that Kyle was talking about before. And this lawyer is kind of helping my situation here, but because we are not married, uh, that's that's like a problem for them. Yeah. Yep. I think when we were trying to, uh, before we really embraced the, like exactly what was going on, we had a lot of trouble. But I think then, so what's interesting is we kind of thought, oh, if you just do the tourist visa, this won't be a problem for, for Nazi. But I think, unfortunately, they that's not the way they fully viewed it. Um, I sense when people come from the States, they oh, yeah. tend to be 
it's a whole different situation, yes. right? Like if you're coming from the States and it's like, oh, I'm a tourist and I'm showing up to, Pan to Roatan, uh, they're like three months, no problem. You want to stay for four? Please give me the money, please. It's, sure. it's over. Um, and uh, that they tend to be a little bit more suspicious of people that aren't from Honduras mm -hmm. or aren't from the United States is what it, what it seems to be. It seems pretty usual to see uh retirees or missionaries or folks coming down from the states and they they uh very commonly don't give any troubles with sure just stamp and and move on yeah. um but wow. uh yeah for nazi that experience has been much different yes. which is really frustrating for the both yeah that's that is interesting that's really some some terrific information and it is interesting to, can you like for, for the 90, a lot of people, they do like they, they cross the border and then they come back the next day, sometimes the same day and start a whole new 90 days. Can you do that there? Here's the thing. They have like a thing called the North Triangle. The North Triangle is Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua. Yeah, just yeah, those the, four. The C, C4, yeah. Okay. Those countries yeah so it is not like you can cross the border to Guatemala or El Salvador and then come back it is the same thing you have to go to a country like uh Belize or oh, wow. Costa Rica Mexico, or Mexico Panama Panama gotcha. or so, so realistically <laughs> wow so they make it really complicated yes well like uh El Salvador's president is would would like to see and this isn't the first time that conversation has had that those Central American countries would just be one country so, um, and we look at relative size, um, you know, uh, yeah, Tegucigalpa is big, but um, the country itself is, I used to live in Colorado, the, the country itself is the size of Colorado, pr probably geographically, for sure, population-wise, it's pretty yeah. comfortable. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, that idea of just, it, it's like, it's 72 hours, you have to be out um, yes. is what we've picked up from people that when we've run into like backpackers and people that are, you know, doing bands through Central America. They've let us know it's 72 hours. But unfortunately, you can't. The Guatemalan border, or El Salvador's border is really close. Yes. Um, uh, but unfortunately, to, it doesn't work. It, like it, that that it part doesn't work. But yeah. getting to the States is honestly one of the easiest places <laughs> yes. to get. Um, so for our excitement, we've been like, oh, let's get to, you know, yeah, let's go to Guatemala. You know, let's let's have that be the visa. Uh, or let's go to the Yucatan, you know, really, if you look on the map, when you pulled up the map earlier, you know, getting to Cancun or getting to Tulum or something, that doesn't take very, that's, that's really not very far. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, lots of times the flights are far more, whereas if you want to get to Miami or Houston, you know, you, you, you know, you generally can get there for a reasonable price and there's lots of flights and things. So yeah, depends on what your preferences are, but yeah. Yeah. So, wow. That is, that is definitely complicated. So then you're, then you probably extend the month as best you can. And then, and then probably, and then what do you do? You head back to Bogota. Are you guys, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. We got we'll, you now. Yeah. We okay. Got you back. Yeah. yeah. Went out for a minute. Um, so then you're, are you, so Nadi, you're, you're extending it for typically a month and then you, and then you shoot to Bogota do your business and then come back that's what i'm doing currently then, but now we've now we've got the residency in application for a while we didn't really love the idea of doing the residency because it seemed like it was cheaper to fly yes but how much are we paying 
Kevin to um it's gonna be eight hundred dollars yeah the thing is that the 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 plane tickets are getting super expensive well everywhere we know yeah. but like you know a ticket between Colombia and Honduras it's like seven hundred or six hundred dollars wow and the lawyer was charging us like nine hundred dollars to do all the process you mm. know so we felt like oh we, maybe it's, it's better to pay the lawyer and what he's doing right now is that he's trying to get my residency card and we are trying to see if he can present us to the Honduran government as a domestic partnership mm -hmm. you know and he's working on it and in the meantime well I've been here now in Honduras for four months without any issues and yeah it, it's working so we really yeah. hope that for 2023 we won't have any visa problem with my residency card i think he initially quoted like sixteen hundred dollars um and i want to say six to six hundred to one thousand is mm -hmm. going to the government somewhere in there so okay. we were just kind of like we should you know to go home makes more sense um yeah. but then now we've reached back out to him and it last year it seemed like a lot of headaches and now this year it feels very much in the flow where we're just kind of like okay so um, I think it's probably going to be closer to nine hundred. We're going to pay in total uh, for for her residency. Um, for, yeah, for his help. Yeah, for yeah. his help, and then the school covers mine, but I'm yeah. sure it's probably comparable. You know, that's not that's not too bad, and it sounds like it's going to save you money. So it sounds like the best bet to do. It just it's amazing to me in Central America and Honduras would would be that complicated. You know, that's really interesting to me. Um, but uh, <laughs> what would be huh. great is if, what would be great is if you could jump on a. So that's part of our resistance is, uh, and part of it is that we're prioritizing money. You know how we want to spend money, but it'd be pretty cheap to jump on a plane to Miami, and we've just never yeah. bit, bit the bullet to do that because yeah. it's either make sense for her to return home to Bogota or to um, uh, or whatever it might be. But what would be really exciting is like it would be really great to go to to jump on a plane uh to go to some of the neighboring countries, but unfortunately because of the the visa. Now th that also could go the opposite way, right? That also means you get to enter without having to worry about uh additional visas, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's all there. Um, but my understanding is you still need to, there's still some checks at the border, but I don't think I think your visa still extends. Um, like mm -hmm. people understand sometimes in Nicaragua, people have had some troubles with the border in Nicaragua, but for the most part, I understand people that are crossing the borders. They don't have very much troubles and throughout Central America uh, yeah, by car, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody needs a flat. I know these, these international teachers, they get free flats. They don't even have to pay for them usually. So yeah. lucky, aren't they? <laughs> well, yeah. So ours is covered. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is covered as a rent, uh, as a, uh, as a benefit, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, the, uh, but I guess there's pros and cons of each, but yeah, I get, I get a $600, uh, stipend. And right. If you compare that to what I would be making in the States, that $600 is, is pretty useful and important to, to, uh, being able to save more money here. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and that's now what our apartment is. So yeah moved here in a really weird time because of covid so the the covid you know i think 
we still are wearing uh, masks. I mean, if you go to Roatan, you're not going to be wearing masks. They're they're talking about removing masks maybe really soon. Okay. Uh, wow. We forgot here. I, I think the apartment that we initially got was not going to be uh, was not hadn't hadn't been rented for the better part of two two and a half years. Um, so basically, we got like a house. Yeah. For like eight hundred fifty dollars, a house oh, size. Nice. Ondo. Uh, I, I don't I won't I won't even speculate what I think the square feet would have been, but yeah. it was bedrooms uh with a little den area outside of the bedrooms, a huge living room, huge balcony, huge dining room, huge, huge, huge kitchen, maids quarters, and all that sort of stuff. So uh it was great for hosting. I mean to have like parties in there. Um now yeah. that we live here, we're kind of like, what the hell were we doing living in that place with two people? Um yeah. that was 850 um and i don't think they normally rent in that building for 850 um so then we spent a lot of time looking for this place and uh this, um, this place is nice it's uh really it's right outside the gates of our school of this yeah. okay. so, so with nazi nazi works remote so her commute is to the guest bedroom yeah. <laughs> uh and i i spent i'm about 90 seconds away from my room so this is perfect we pay an additional 40 bucks for uh for upkeep or all that sort of stuff i think uh electricity is another 60 ish bucks yes. most of the time internet is like 40 dollars, and then the internet i think 35 or 37 something like that yeah we initially they really want to give you way more internet than you need that's i mean i guess that's the same in the states too but you yeah. know um, uh so the last year is more like 50 uh yeah. but um, we're having a lot better experience with the internet at this place. Yeah. And another thing that it's, sorry, no, you going to say something? It sounds like different parts of the city. I mean, maybe this yeah. is true about lots of places in developing countries. Sure, or yeah. But I mean, you know, you can, you blame it on the one provider, but it's just like, they're great in one part of the city, but then the other provider is great in the other, you know? So yeah. uh, I think in this neighborhood, both providers are the two main providers, both really good. Yeah. Um, but we wound up switching because we were we were so frustrated with the other provider. But then apparently you go to another part of the city and you know that that provider is the one you want to use. So yeah. But. So you guys are pay, paying, are you paying like a with utilities included about seven hundred a month, would you say? Yes. Uh yeah, about maybe seven fifty. Seven fifty, yes. It's, uh, and, it, and it sounds like you have a pretty nice place. Thank you. Yes, it is. We have a small Everything kitchen. Yeah. We have the dining room, the living room, and two rooms and one bathroom. Okay. Yes. It so is really. I, yeah, the range of apartments that are between six and eight hundred. There's a decent amount in this area. Yeah. Um, as I've understood, and we haven't done a lot of that searching. Uh, but there is a uh, uh, a lot of places that are uber expensive you know like these kind of like two thousand dollar apartments yeah. uh, what's interesting about those there seems to be a surplus of those uh, what's interesting about those is they don't always have like the nicest gyms or or like nice swimming pools or anything mm -hmm. uh, but there is in this area there's there's a fair amount of apartment it, it's super reasonable to get um to get places between 500 and a thousand yeah uh, and and find what you need if you if you take the time, you almost always need to work through realtors. So Nati spent a lot of time online going through Facebook. Facebook, but there's not really like an apartments.com or anything. The uh, best place to find uh, an apartment in Honduras is through Marketplace. 
and then wow. reach out and then reach wow. out to a realtor basically be like hey realtor here is the and i think we kind of gathered that half from from natty's you know uh uh ingenuity or you're very you you being you being very much wanting to figure out a good way to do it and then also patch together from other expats here that say you know like figure it out and then get the realtor to show you that place Mm -hmm. you know every once in a while you might be able to find a place to get shown uh because uh there's a number on the side of the building but that's definitely at least in 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 tegus that's that's the the exception not the rule you generally need to go through a realtor yeah yeah okay great so and the and the most ideal place to find it is through fa- facebook marketplace to find exactly. flats wow that See, that's a great you wouldn't think that but that's a great tip for people yeah, interested I, in moving there actually we both kind of experienced that culture shock because we were both kind of yeah, like sure. where's the website yeah we're looking you know like those... where's the third party website exactly that, you know and even in the state you know if it's it's craigslist or apartments.com or whatever no, you know yeah. they, it's facebook yeah though you can find those websites but they are not updated or maybe they don't pick up the phone they don't reply your emails or whatsapps so you know at some point i was kind of desperate so i went to marketplace because in colombia it works really good for other things yeah. that are not real estate and well it turns out that all the realtors are there they reply to your messages super fast they get back to you like hey are you still looking for an apartment because i have an option that you might like and you're like oh my gosh beautiful mm-hmm. it's like yeah. we were we were interacting with our own set of assumptions and biases and and yes. and, and what, what, what we thought was normal and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is where it is uh, you know that's another weird thing that happens with whatsapp it's like you know you, you really can't you know whatsapp is really good at and it's probably true in lots of other places too really good at dropping a pin mm-hmm. um first i was kind of like why is everybody always telling me to drop a pin like why is yeah. this not big a deal um but just relative location google google maps when you're in an uber oh my god like you know there's many times where you can't you can't drive on the map you know again that might be very different in Roatan I guess in Roatan you kind of get away a lot get around a lot of different ways but um uh the but yeah did, like that's why people are like drop the pin I'm like why do I gotta drop a pin I, I live here and they're like yeah. no we need the pin yeah the <laughs> thing is because it's so reliable to, to actually track down where where you're located so yeah um, here is that here uh, the city is not that well organized yeah. so addresses are not that clear i mean you have the every street has a name but they don't have like a number after that name you know so you are like here next to the palm tree and the building looks like this and like that you know what let me drop a pin for you so, we, so wow that's interesting that is so interesting san pedro is on a much better grid so Sam, mm-hmm. it, it, as I understand it anecdotally through people, because we have the mountains and then you talk about that 1.2 billion million. I yeah. wonder what that was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just rapid urbanization and mountains. And, and you know, the city can't, the, you know, so you've got hills, it's hills everywhere. Uh, my understanding is 40, 50 years ago, this area was not developed. Um, okay. This was not the area, this was, that all of this has been developed in the last 40, 50 years. This was all just hills. And again, anecdotally from, from people who are from here uh, telling stories, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it makes it so that it's, you kind of have to figure out it works 
and it works great, but you can't, you gotta, you gotta play by the rules that people have figured out here. You can't just be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Why? We just put it in Google. What are, what are you doing? Put it yeah, in Google. Sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Work. Google, Google simplified the world, man, overnight. Yeah. It's yeah. Really, really funny. Well, let's get, get into, um, real estate. Uh, can, can, can you guys buy real estate if you, if you want to, and if you can, what, what are the costs if you have any idea? Yeah, we might not be the best people to ask. No, yeah. sorry, okay. we, yeah, we don't have too much experience. We, I haven't done any kind of research to buy properties here because we know that we are going to be here for a season. Yeah. So yeah, we love, we would love to buy properties in Colombia, in the U.S., but maybe not here. So we haven't done that gotcha. research, to... and I think most of the expats rent their places here maybe there are a couple of expats that get married to Honduran guys and now they decided to raise a family here yes they have their own properties but we have never talked about it Talk sorry. To them, yeah okay yeah no worries now uh, Kyle you're are do they still do two-year contracts with the um, yeah, exactly okay so you're are you in your first year this is the second year the second year okay so, so then you'll have then you'll have an option to either stay or pursue other areas. I know there's some great schools. I remember looking because I'm very familiar with University of uh, um, Northern Iowa, and that was the place if you wanted to 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 go teach overseas internationally. That was the place to go to um, if you wanted to get hired on the spot. And I was very specific because I was a theater teacher, you know. But um, the uh, yeah, it's what what just off topic a little bit. You know, what's your experience been like in international teaching? There's some they they can't even get teachers to return to classrooms here in the states. Yeah, so we so we're so uh, so there's there's a couple things that are really interesting about it that like you don't know until you do it. So the the first thing is yeah, the University of Northern Iowa is where my placement was through. Um, and their fair was online, but I actually found that it wasn't very well organized um, it, from to an online standpoint, right? It, sure. it, I think they're extremely, I, I understand or gather, it's extremely well organized fair, um, but at least their interface and the way I perceived it, but because I was loaded on there, I got reached out to by the school here. Um, and uh, the, um, you know, I had a series of Zoom meetings, um and uh one thing and i actually just had a conversation with uh a somebody that he, he was a principal and a school director in colombia for better part of 30 years and he yeah. runs a, a organization for mexico and central america and um, parts of south america and you know he said you know if nobody talks to you if, if they're not very interested in sharing with you the teachers mm -hmm. uh like talking to teachers there, that should be a red flag. Um, my experience in talking to the teachers, I got all three of the social studies teachers that were leaving, um, are the people I talked to, um, you know, they were on the way out the door, so to speak. Um, yeah. And I, none of them had been there for less than three years. Okay. Um, uh, my actual experience when getting into the school, it's been goofy. We were hybrid. Um, actually, we were technically full online then hybrid and then at the start of this year was full in person and, uh, gotcha. only 
Um, so that that's presented some interesting things. What, one thing that's been great though is as an employer, it's it's been a really great employer, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what's been nice to get away from the uh, to get away from uh, the hustle. I mean, I, I've I've worked in a couple different settings. You know, I've worked I worked at a school district in Colorado, and they were a very innovative school district. Uh, you, know, you mentioned your background working with uh, with uh, teenagers and and you know uh, different issues societal, but also you know trauma things like that. Um, really innovative and great approach in a high poverty area in Colorado. Um, you know, doing all that, and then and then I've also worked in settings where similar populations, but then it's just like they're not really doing innovative things. They're just kind of you know it's it's the, they're providing the service, you know, and it's yeah. not because of people not having good intentions. Getting here, um, you know, I feel like the colleagues that I've had um, are probably some of the, and it's probably because people are, they're living abroad, they're living in a place that not a lot of people from the States go. I mean, there is a good section of people from the States. There's expats here and especially in Roatan retirees, but um, you know, it, it's not, it's not exactly on the map for someplace that people uh, go right away. So my colleagues in general, just, they've been some of the better colleagues I've had in my career um, in terms of people to connect with. Um, uh, similar ideas and, and kind of, uh, people who like traveling around, um, from the international school side. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's really interesting right now, uh, with just to, to keep it brief is, yeah, I've already, so I've already had to give my notice, um, which is completely different from the States, right? So mm-hmm. it's October, um, and for them to be able to recruit for after my contract, they asked me to say, hey, are you, do you want to stay for a third or fourth year or, or renew or um, have to leave? So I'm kind of in this weird place. I haven't told my students, but it's this like lame duck kind of like you spend, you know, normally you you resign if you want to be an ethical professional. Maybe you try to give the principal a reasonable notice if you know you're moving on by about February or March. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, and some people resign in the summer. Some people resign in April and May. There's not really rules like that in the States. Here it's like, they, they need to start filling your role. The other thing that's really incredible about this school, when you talk about the sort of stress of teaching in American schools, I get uh, three, I guess five eighths. So I don't, I'm trying to think if that's divisible in my head really quick, but uh, I, I there's eight blocks. I teach uh, five out of eight. So I get three, three out of, I get five times I'm teaching and three times I'm not in like a two day cycle. Okay. I'm mistaken. You know, I, I don't ever remember having more than one hour of plan. So there are days sometimes where I have close to three hours of plan um, mm-hmm. on a given day. So yeah. it's just like three, you know, the, 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 the days, the better days is three hours of teaching, three hours of planning. I mean, that's just like unheard of in the States. Uh, yeah. They actually get adequate times to prepare and plan and yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, the schools are really uh, in trouble in the United States in the in the inner cities. I just teachers are inundated and they continue to eat up more and more of their time, and then they're they can't get um, substitute teachers to stick to a school, so they pull the teachers that have their planning time to 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 cover, and they're not even compensating these teachers. 
in a lot of these jurisdictions. They don't even compensate, but they're always asking them to do more and more and more. And I almost feel like it's on the verge of breaking here in America. I mean, teaching is just a brutal gig now. And, you know, 25, 30, 40 years ago, it was very, very different. And it's just, it's really because, and there's a lot of people I know that become international educators and they get a taste of that and they never return. They never return to the States. They just stay overseas and, and, you know, stay in a particular area for a while and until that wears out and they go to a different, you know, country to experience something a little bit new. So, yeah, I think it's pretty awesome what you're doing, man. That's really cool. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about um, health care. So people that move to these countries, they're always asking about what type of health care do they have? Do they have a national health care where it's free? Some have, um, you know, you, you pay very little to be seen by a doctor. Um, so what what's going on in Honduras? Yeah, no national health care. Um, okay. The expense for uh, for going to the doctor is very affordable um, in general. Um, I think when I, a couple of times I've gone to the primary care, it's been yeah. uh, $20. Yeah. And that's that's total. That's not a copay. That's the total yeah. price. Yeah. And that's to an English speaking doctor. Okay. I don't know if she necessarily charges more. Uh, mm -hmm. but lots of times Nati will call on my behalf because I have Spanish skills, but I've run mm -hmm. out of words when uh, when things run into problems. Uh, I think she's just harder to get into. I don't know if she charges more at the doctor. Um, I had a, um, I had uh, what turned out to be a gout attack, my first gout attack, mm. um, Roatan. Um, which is not surprising because I was sitting around drinking beer all day. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I that's what you do in Roatan and Utila, man. It's those yeah. are the places. Yeah. So I, so I, I didn't know if I got stung by something. Right. And I'm like calling, I was, uh, Nancy was with her family and I was with mine. And I remember talking to Nancy and I'm like, is this like, did I get bit by something allergic? And people that uh, the hotel were like, it's not, we don't really have that many poisonous bugs on the island, right? But my my knee was swollen up really big, and I kind of didn't remember hitting it. So, um, but unfortunately, the doctors on the island weren't really able to. I think the first doctor so that came, uh, God, I'm trying to remember. So he came on New Year's Eve, and I, I think I paid ninety dollars for him How to much? like come out. Ninety, I think. Okay. If, what did he do? Less than a hundred. Well, he came out as like an emergency service, gotcha. okay. like, you know, like to give me a little bit of an idea. And it was Christmas Eve, you okay. know, um, wow. and, uh, then I went in and I think it was, I, I think it was more like 20 bucks to go do the follow-up, um, as it was going down. Um, but they just, they basically said, you need to go see a specialist. And I think the first guy didn't know what it was, but maybe he didn't want to, he didn't want to diagnose without absolute confidence because when I went to the specialist and in, in Tegucigalpa, which was again maybe that was maybe more like twenty five bucks. Yeah. Um. Uh. He he just it took him like two seconds, you know, to mm -hmm. to diagnose it. So then, um. Uh. For me, I have international 
uh, I have international insurance, so um, that's all been covered. Uh, okay. uh, what did, how much did the dentist cost? The dentist like wasn't covered. Limpidas, how much is that in dollars? Was it that much? Yes. For the cleaning. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So the, the dentist was a little bit more expensive. Um, but I didn't, I don't have dental insurance through the, so like dental insurance period. Um, normally I can get some care in the States through my health insurance. Um, so, uh, so it was 1500 Lempira. So it was, that was more like 50 or 60 bucks for, for, okay. uh, for a cleaning, for a cleaning. But I, I figure I would be paying at least a hundred, if not 200 in the States for just a cleaning. So, oh yeah, for sure. That, it made more sense to go down here. Um, okay. Yeah. So if you pay out of pocket, it's not, it's, it's pretty reasonable. And that's why I called the, yeah. the 24 seven people, because I was kind of like, you know what, if I don't get refunded for this is a hundred dollars really that much when, when I don't know what's going, you know, how, exactly. Be able to enjoy yeah. my vacation if I don't know what this is. And of course it did cut into my vacation, but at least I had somebody like saying, no, it's not like a point, you know, maybe, maybe you broke your kneecap. I'm like, really? I broke my kneecap, you know? Mm. And of course that wasn't it at all, but, um, you know, it was very reasonable for them to come out, you know? Did, did they know what caused it? Did they ever find out? Well, it was gout. So, okay. it was, and so what the specialist was able to figure out that it was gout. So what was weird is, you know, you, you see a bit, a big thing in your knee, uh, and for me also too, my age and all that sort of stuff, I was kind of like, I don't have gout, but now I've found out that gout is far more common, uh, than, than I had perceived or, or, or all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they just, they, I kind of thought, oh yeah, there's this, this can't be that. But I, when, as I was doing my reading on whatever web, WebMD and all that sort of stuff, my mom was too, uh, remotely, but and like a male clinic and stuff I was like, this seems like what it is, but there's no way I have that. Right. Um, but yeah, so they, they were able to come out and I mean, everything has been pretty affordable in that regard. It's just generally there's not anything that's going to cost more than 20, $25. Gotcha. Okay. Most of the time you need to pay in cash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's a good idea to bring cash. Um, yeah, not for, not for most things, but for medical services for whatever reason, it's a good idea to bring cash. And one interesting thing that I would like to add is that you got a COVID, the fourth COVID shot and the yellow fever vaccine for free, right? Yeah, those are things that the system Yeah, that's a good point. You. Yeah. Free, yeah. We, I, I already had the yellow fever shot, but... Yeah, long story short, you yeah, needed that I, shot again. I needed so. it because I didn't have the appropriate documentation when we were trying to travel to Panama. Mm -hmm. and uh, And yeah, they just... They just uh, yeah, you go to the hospital. There's only one hospital in 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 the city that does it. And it's free. Uh, mm -hmm. COVID and I think COVID's free. COVID is free. But yeah. it was uh, mine was technically through the school. But and I got an influenza shot for free again, technically through the school. But I I get the sense there's definitely uh, a ethic or an attitude about it, it, compared to the states. You know, I think almost in Honduras, they probably take a COVID almost too seriously. But then the hard part about that is the pandemic has been experienced much differently here. You know, their per capita death much higher than it was in the States. Um, so, um, and people know people who who got really sick or died. So, um, okay. yeah, so, but it, they, they, they've taken the pandemic very seriously. 
um, and mm-hmm. uh, between masks and and vaccines, I think they've that's a huge priority for them. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, Nati, can you if you move over a little bit because you're kind of your body's kind of half off a little bit sometimes. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Better framed. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the the, the next thing is um, so transportation. How how do you get around? and Tegucigalpa and how, how do typically people move around um, the city and move around Honduras? Yeah, they moved around a lot uh, by car, you know, okay. definitely the public transportation is not the best. Um, they have like this uh, taxis, the taxis here are white, these white cars, uh, but they are they they pick up several people. You know, it's not like the taxis just for you know they pick up mm. several people, and that's how people move around. Um, they tried to build here. I don't know if you are familiar with the Transmilenio in Bogota, which mm. is like a big bus that has its own road, and he goes and he stops. It's like. Yeah, that's Transmillennium Bogota. They tried to build it here and because of corruption issues, it doesn't work. But if you are uh, around the city, you can see the stations. Uh, something that it was, it, it didn't work. You know, it never worked. That's a shame, but they have like the memory around the city. Hmm. And that's definitely how they move around. And, you know, it was, we had a, li- a little bit of culture shock when we got here because I wanted to work to to walk everywhere, you know. I mean, because this is something that I do in Colombia in Bogota. You walk to the supermarket, to the hairdresser. You walk everywhere, you know. But here, I long story short, they don't even have sidewalks, you know. Or mm-hmm. if they have, they are very very little. Yeah. So, yeah. And you're walking and people stare at you. I don't know. That's very funny. We get like, seen. We get seen a lot. You know, yes. people at school say, oh, we saw you walking or I saw you out. I yes. saw you out, you know, almost every without a fail. But part of that is us too. We, we're, we're in this area. So we walk yeah. probably more than most people do out like in the city. Yes. Um, we've definitely been warned by people that we shouldn't walk period um uh okay i i i would say that you know with relative we we know where we are and we 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 always make sure to be conscious of of where we are walking when we're choosing to walk um never would walk at night um oh no never we pretty much got told you know when i when i met with the folks the teachers that were exiting is that Pretty much the car was going to be a necessary actually the principal here said that too is yeah you're probably going to need to get a car um okay. uh and he decided not to um because uber has been the game changer yeah. for us so okay. um and the little bit we traveled to san pedro it's the same um there's no uber in Roatan, um but I, I you know uh one of the things we've been experiencing we don't tend to take the taxis in Tegucigalpa. No. Um, uh just because uber seems like a lot safer and more reliable of an alternative um but i wouldn't think twice about taking a taxi in Roatan. um we also have uh uh yeah so we do some walking around uh near our neighborhood and then if uber had only got here when we did 
So I honestly don't know if we would have been able to get go, make it well without a car, or at least as comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, Uber. Um, so you you did, Kyle. You get you two bought a car. We did not in the end. No, oh, we you didn't. didn't. You decided not to. Because okay. of Uber, because of Uber, we've been able to make it. The other thing is, uh, so when we've gone on trips, um, you know, I think our world is smaller because we don't have a car in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially taking trips out out of the city all that sort of stuff uh, but when we rent a car it is yeah. generally what happens and i actually have learned to prefer to like i think it's like hertz or something you know hertz when i when you read the policy on hertz it seems like you're taking a pretty big risk even if you pay for their insurance but then there's a couple different companies there's six and there, there's there's a handful of companies that will actually charge you a 1500 deposit yeah. Um, and, uh, and basically that just covers most everything. And, and if you total the car, uh, so like I had something where like I bumped the car a couple different places and I, they rightfully should have charged me and they charged me like 200 bucks for the actual rental. Lots of times it's like 30 bucks a day. Okay. Um, so like renting a car, uh, compared to the States is super affordable. Yeah. Um, and then what I've found is. I think it's a lot better to do it with the companies that charge that big deposit um, because really liability wise, when, when, when I read like Hertz's policies for, or, or other companies that like more of American style, like you pay extra for the insurance, it doesn't seem like it would cover if the car got stolen or you, you totaled it or something. Whereas, so even though that was surprising, um, it seems like that's kind of, for me, that's, that's what I, I prefer when we, when we wind up renting so mm-hmm. do you guys ever jump on any of the lo- local buses to, to get it in and around town no no okay we know some colleagues or some people we know that have done it um the uh you know the there's no public transit or i'm not aware of any public transit so the so the the bus systems are kind of a patchwork of private um okay private entities um so yeah the we we have not ventured ventured and really the ubers are i mean we're really talking one or two bucks for an yeah. uber so most places really um, yes. so yeah. it, oh, wow so that's really really so cheap. depending on where you're going i mean sometimes we'll pay five dollars for an uber and that's wow. for so wow so if you think about that right and yeah and when we talk to people that do take those, uh, like our, like our, um, um, the woman that cleans our house, you know, she, it sounds like it takes her like, you know, like two or three hours, depending on the time of day to get home. Now, part of that is she lives in a vastly different part of the city. Right. But part of that is also, I think, you know, it's, it's tough to, to jump on those, that bus system. It's, it's not, yeah. There isn't one directly going to where she lives. She's got to probably jump on about five different buses to make it make it home. Taxi or two in between two. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So um, food, Honduran food. What is a typical Honduran um, dish? And if you go to a typical restaurant, what would somebody pay at a restaurant for a typical Honduran dish? yeah uh well they have uh this thing called baleadas uh, which is like a big tortilla Mm -hmm. and inside they put like uh beans eggs avocado sour cream oh and they close it 
you know, so it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a pupusa. It is very similar. Actually, in Honduras, they have pupusas too. Yeah. Yes. And they're yeah. Really so yeah. this yeah. is called a, how do you, it's called a baleada? Baleada. Yeah. How do you spell that? B-A? B-A-L-D-A-N-A, right? B-A-L-E-D-A-S. Baleadas. I'm lost. B-A-L-D? Bald? Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Let me put it here. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Let's see. Okay, balia. Okay, yeah, like it sounds, baliadas. Baliadas. Yeah. And then we, I don't know if we're baliada experts by any means, but there is the, the a rule we were told, and it seems to be mostly true, is baliadas is in the most part is better street food. Yes. Than, okay. Right? Through lots of places, better street food than restaurant food. Yeah. Uh, this so the, like that yes. the, and so yeah you could definitely get baleadas for like a buck or two yeah hey, do 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 me a favor if you guys can send me a picture of a baleada yeah. so i'll add it to the so i'll have yeah. a photo of it the one that's more common at restaurants is is, is typical dish so that's true well i guess it depends on the time of day you can get it for breakfast where it has mm -hmm. the cheese here it seems to me that a lot of the honduran cheese is more commonly not pasteurized actually and to me i have a lot better time with the cheese than i normally would in the states hmm. um so they have this little cheese and i i really don't know quite what the cheese is but it's really good yeah. like the mm -hmm. the baleata cheese and the typical cheese it's like this really good piece of cheese um, and then generally typical comes with uh, plantains, fried uh, 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 the beans, fried, mm -hmm. fried, fried beans. beans. Um, and then depending on the time of day, it could be eggs and a chorizo. Or if it's nighttime, it's usually a steak. Um, okay. I think I'm not missing anything. That generally is, depending on the restaurant, usually $5 or less. I mean, if you're going to one of the fancy restaurants, like at the hotels, they're going to have yeah. that on the menu and it's still going to probably be the cheapest thing on the menu. Um, yeah. You know, if that's five bucks or whatever. Sure. Like. Um, uh, and then pupusas. Pupusas. You can find really good pupusas here yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's another thing that it was, I mean, the name is funny. That is called, Oh, wait, uh, chat. Sorry. It is called Bojo Chuco. Hmm. <laughs> Bojo chuco is like a fried chicken with lots of plantains and salad. Ooh. Yeah, that's another typical dish. That sounds that sounds yummy. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. All right. So in the pupusas, how much are pupusas nowadays? I think usually they're like a buck or two yeah, on the street. Are they are very affordable, yes. Are they sometimes less? Trying to think what maybe less i mean the place that we like we haven't been there for a while but it yeah. is very affordable too like yeah the, the place that's popular here which i think is the actual like which is the actual restaurant is the um well there's two so the one is more of a, a, a more of a institution kind of restaurant and that's uh uh and kennedy well kennedy baleatas ah, well, yeah, so too. kennedy Kennedy visited Honduras um, uh, during his presidency. So there's actually a neighborhood named Kennedy. Oh, um, wow. More popular baleatas is, at least I've always assumed those two things were correlated. Uh, so there's a, 
and I think they have a couple of them, but then there's also Coco Baleatas, which is like a, which ironically, they have Baleatas, but they don't, they don't tend to be packaged like Baleatas. Um, and it's more like, uh, uh, like a chain, like it's a chain. It's more like, uh, Chipotle, uh, in that way. So it's like, okay. The restaurant and it's consistently really good. And th that's where we would go more often. Um, yeah, cause uh, so how much, how much does it cost for our little, so they have bowls. We like getting the bowls there and then sometimes mm. the tacos. Yeah. It's like if we buy food for you and me, it's like $20 or maybe mm -hmm. less. It's I don't very think it's affordable. That much. Is it one or two? Yeah, it's more than five bucks. So well, it's about $5 a dish, I guess. So I, I think probably the little bowl is probably more expensive than if you just get the basic baleata. If you probably get the basic baleata, it's it's a buck or two. Um, gotcha. But then you can get it and then you could load it all up with a bunch of stuff or get the bowl. And I think the bowl is more like. So baleatas is the big the big food choice there. That's And it, they sound delicious with what you guys <laughs> described they put in it. Yeah, they're really straightforward. Uh, the one that is, oh, the one in Roatan. In Roatan, you can get it at, uh, you know, kind of more street food place. I think there's there's like, oh, God, that place. This is one place that's like, it's almost like a market. And it's tucked in between all the restaurants. And that one, we got like the bass fish, the traditional bass fish, all fried. Bali, because we had oh, been yes. we had been paying, you know, in Roatan, it's common to pay, uh, you know, pay uh, closer probably to U.S. prices, closer to seven yeah. or eight dollars a dish on the low end, all the way up to fifteen, twenty dollars a dish. Um, so we had we had been there for a few days, and we 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 tucked into a um, into a uh, it it's, it was almost like a marketplace. We got the traditional fish. Oh, we got nice. like uh, it's fried like pina coladas and and like and the local beers uh, and a baliata. So I think we have shared the the fried fish and the baliata, and I think we paid, and it was like four four or six drinks, and I think it was like twelve bucks or something. Yeah, you know, that, for that was on Roatan. That was in yes. Roatan. So like definitely a place that probably a lot of people probably ignore because it's like a little bit. But then there's also like the street tacos. Yeah, towards the end, um, towards the near West End, um, uh, it's like it was. There's the West End, and then there's the East End of West End. Yeah. So the the one part is by uh uh was a booty bar. So by the booty bar, there's a place that has. It's almost like feels like a market, and that place, uh, very traditional Honduran food. And then at yeah. the other end, there's a taco, which I think they only set up at night. Um, they're a little bit more pricey. Hmm. I think it was like two or three bucks a taco, but the tacos were really good. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know what kind of style I would, I would say they, they fry them all up on a griddle and, and mix in the cheese and then, then throw them all. It's, it's not really a taco style. I, I've, I, I was too familiar with, yeah. I think, I don't know if it's comes from something or if the, the guys just made it up there. Yeah. Did you guys stay in the West End when you were there? So, yeah. So when we've stayed, we've been in the West yeah. End, just off of the West End, yeah. at a place called Land's End, Land's which is technically not in really West good. End. And yeah, we really like that place. Um, a lot more affordable than a lot of the other places right in West End. One of the difficulties with Roatan, if you're trying to like uh, do it on a budget, is that uh, is that beachfront 
hotels are going to be a lot more expensive, but then of course you get to walk right out to the beach, right? And you don't have to worry about moving around to get to the beach or whatever it might be, or being on the public beach. Um, and then, um, uh, but then, uh, you know, where is your location when you don't have the beach? So we, we've, we found Land's End and then, and then I stayed, Nazi was in Columbia and I stayed with my dad um, and his wife and in, uh, in West Bay. Um, okay. And kind of a similar setup there where that one was a little bit more affordable, um, but uh, you just walked right out and you were on the beach. But technically, ours was more like a little Cancun. Like you could get in the water, uh, but it didn't have a sandy beach. So mm-hmm. it seems like that's kind of the the premium uh, in Roatan is whether or not get the sandy beach. Um, and then the question too is the, never, we never rented a car. So I think both times we said, when I went alone and when Nati and I went together, we actually set out to rent a car. But what's nice is if you're in West West End or West Beach, uh, or West West End or uh, or West Bay, um, uh, you uh, you really don't need a car if you stay in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the taxis between the two areas, um, and they should charge you three dollars a person but yeah. what's difficult is they want you to uh they want to make sure they have a full taxi mm-hmm. so if you're with your taxi. two people a boat taxi yeah. uh so if you're with two people they will um charge you uh they would ask you to pay for the whole boat or else you wait for more people to come so they would i think they charge you like ten dollars um if you if you want to just have your you know, if you don't want to have to wait for more people to join you in the boat. Yeah. Uh, we've been recommended by people that uh, vacation down there too, not take the the boat taxis at night. Um, uh, getting around Roatan at night, walking around, it's totally safe at night. Um, but I think just being in the water, maybe, who knows? Who knows if that's actually a safety thing or just one of those things that people say with an abundance of caution. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh Roatan and Utila, they're a part of what islands are they? It's called the Bay Islands. The Bay Islands of Honduras. And they're two known islands for the dive culture. Um, big, big scuba dive, scuba diving culture. Um, I actually got um, certified on Utila. Oh, um, really? Years ago. And then I did some diving later on in Roatan. So I've been to both. We stayed in in the West end when I was in, in Roatan. And it's interesting now in the West end, when I was there, they, the road on the West end, when we arrived was all, it was a dirt road still. And they started to pave it while we were there. So now that the, uh, in the West end, that whole road is paved. Mm -hmm. And, and when I was there, I can't, I can't, it had to be maybe eight to 10, maybe eight to 10 years ago. I can't really, but I, I put my son's name in the set because the, the, the cement was drying and it was wet. So I carved my son's name in it. So if I ever go back, I'm just curious to see if it's still there, you know, one day. And that happened because we were there when they were paving the road. And I thought, Oh, don't pave the road. It's the West end. It's like this <laughs> bohemian, really cool bohemian part of Roatan. Don't ruin it. But uh, yeah, I had some great times on those islands. They're beautiful islands. It is great getaway for Hondurans. Yeah, we we pay. Uh, it's two hundred dollars round trip, and it's a 
30, 45 minute flight. Yes. It doesn't matter if you book it, uh, it doesn't matter if you book it the day before or six months out, you know, they, they don't fill the flight. You know, you think about when, you know, you constantly playing the price game, you know, with, with flights in the States or really everywhere. Right. Yeah. But this flight, it's like, it's always, it's just, it's price. never full. You know, it's just, this is how much it costs to get on this plane. You know, it's a, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a flat price. You know, it, it, it varies like 10 or $15 at the most. Yeah. Uh, and it, but it's 200 per person. 200 per person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not and really you, that cheap though. That's not for a 35 minute flight. Yeah. That's yeah. really not that. You can drive to. Uh, you can drive to. Where La Ceiba you go to, and then you could take the ferry. Yeah. yeah. How long would it take you guys to get to La Ceiba? I think it's about, well, so what's interesting is Google Maps says one thing. People say another thing. Sure. And then drive and you experience something else altogether. So my understanding is you can get there in under five. I think it could take up to six. Wow. Yeah. You're better off flying. Yes. You're better off paying the 200. <laughs> it's yes. so convenient. That's the other thing is they, so for Tegucigalpa, they just built a huge new airport. Um, and that airport is a little over an hour away. Um, so the, so it's only domestic flights that fly out of the Tocantin, which is. Yeah. Uh, the old airport. Let's say that the, the old airport is Tocantin and that airport is now for domestic flights. And the new one that is called Palmerola, which is kind of between San Pedro Sula and Tegucigalpa, is like one hour and a one hour and a half away from here. Yeah, maybe that's maybe and that's an hour especially for minutes. international flights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's really convenient to get to the airport in yeah. town. Yeah. Um, but you are right. I find that uh, flight a little bit pricey because you know, for yeah. example, in the domestic flights are $25, $30. Sure. And when I found out that to go from Tegucigalpa to Rotan was $200, I was like, what? That's very expensive. That is expensive. I mean, even like if you're in Europe, you can fly from Rome to Paris for, you know, $40, $50 round trip. Same thing that the parts that like Switzerland, uh, Switzerland to, to Berlin, to, um, just various places and it, there, there's a couple airlines and you can bounce all over the place for 40 50 dollars round trip that's in okay. europe and okay. i remember you know um back in the day prices going from detroit to detroit to chicago were were really afford- you could always get them for under 100 bucks round trip i don't and i mean you can get specials nowadays but that 200 consistently for a 35 minute flight that's pretty pretty costly for um for Central America. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is a, a bit of a difficulty. You know, I think that uh, there is some elements of like um, that the cost of things relative to the United States is very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cost of things compared to what you might expect is higher. I mean, that's also mm-hmm. true of mood a little bit, um, at least in Tokusigapa. You know, it's like, uh, it's always like a sliver cheaper or about the same as the United States, but then everything mm-hmm. else is super cheap. Like getting an Uber is like two bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is, there is an element of that where I, I don't think that there's, there's tons of people that or there. There is a fraction of people that, that 
kind of live uh I don't want to say an American lifestyle but like or a U.S. lifestyle but like there's a fraction of people that can afford these things so That's I think right. it drives up the price of course so yeah. um uh so there is an element there where like yeah just going out to the restaurants we tend to go to don't think of it as very expensive or anything like that relatively yeah. but then at the same regard I don't it's it's more expensive than it's closer to the U.S. prices than what you might expect, um, sure. especially in Roatan. Roatan is going to be pretty similar uh, meals wise for the states for a regular sit down. But then you can go around or especially when you go to the grocery store, it's going to be super, you know, it's going to be a lot cheaper, you know. Mm -hmm. So, that's, you know, if you get a place that you can actually go cook, cook yeah. in, yeah, then yeah. it gets a little cheaper. Yeah. Have you guys visited um, Utila yet? Not yet. Not we yet. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, we we went to, I don't know if you have been there, this place called Tela, that is not an island, but is on the Caribbean coast. Mm. Yeah, Tela is kind of interesting too. T Tela, how, do, how is that spelled? Uh, T-E-L-A. Tela, Tela. For yeah. me, it was so, as a non, somebody who's non-fluent in Spanish, I actually found it really difficult for a long time because people would be say Utila and Tela. Oh yeah. Tela. And I would be like, oh, you're going to Tela. And they're like, no, I'm going to Utila. And I'd be like, oh, Tela, you're going to the beach. No, we're going to, you know, we're going to Utila. You're going to the beach, right? No, we're going to Tela. <laughs> but mm. they're completely they're that one's one's on the coast, one one is is the island, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. You know what I can tell after talking to several Hondurans uh, is that of course lots of Hondurans can afford to go to Roatan but some Hondurans can so you know yes. because they cannot pay that 200 uh, flight uh, you know so um, lots of Hondurans they prefer to go to the coast you know because they can drive there so see it is like La Ceiba or Tela or Moa, Puerto Cortes. Those cities are super affordable for Hondurans. Mm -hmm. So and, yeah. And there's the and then there's which we haven't traveled to. There's also the uh, uh, the coast in El Salvador. The Pacific Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. People which prefer is the be Caribbean. Kind of interesting. Yeah, because you don't have the sandy beaches, but I guess there's some volcano part of it, so they tend to be. So if there is sand there's black beaches mm -hmm. so it sounds like it's pretty interesting i mean it definitely is yeah. you know if you compare the caribbean you know white sands and all that sort of stuff it's it's a completely different experience but yeah. yeah yeah cool cool well the last thing guys is things to do around honduras so you're the perfect couple to ask because you're a couple you go out you hang out what do you guys do for fun there so if people all the viewers are going you know there, let's, honey, we're going to go and we're going to retire in Honduras. What can they do? What, what do you, what do people do for fun? So I think there's kind of the different parts. I mean, there's obviously, you know, the restaurants and doing all those parts. We, it's kind of weird because some of the, some of the things you might not expect, the hotels tend to have really good. I mean, maybe that's true about other places too, but hotels tend to have some, some of the really nice restaurants, the intercontinental. Um, there's an Irish pub here. 
yeah what i can tell you uh very brief <laughs> for all your listening <laughs> listeners and viewers is that for example Tegus cities big cities like tegucigalpa and san pedro sula there you can find like all the attractions of a big city you know you can find really nice restaurants you can go to the movies you can go to a really good spa and get a good massage uh you can go to a nightclub yeah the that that's what you can find i'm going to be very honest there's no much of a cultural life you know that maybe you can go to a museum or to an art gallery or that you can go to the theater to see a specific a specific play you that that's very uh little you know mm -hmm. so if you're expecting to have like a cultural life you are not going to find it here. And I can tell you that because I studied um, cultural management. So when I got here, I was craving for all those things and yeah. I didn't find them. But yeah. in Honduras, like if you want to retire in Honduras and, and enjoy like a natural life uh, next to the beach, uh, you know, uh, in the middle of nature, yes, definitely you can find that in the Caribbean coast, right? Um, the other things that are really popular travel-wise, and we've, we've done a little bit, is the, um, what's the name of the lake again? Oh, Yohoa. There's a really big lake called Yohoa. Yeah. Um, people like to go there um, to hike, to eat it's fish. <laughs> it's a little further. Uh, yes. It's it's in between here and San Pedro. It's a little closer to San Pedro. It's called Jocoa. Jocoa. Jocoa Lake. Yeah, and they okay. have they have some resorts and stuff. The, the, I think the you know the one that gets talked about the most, and we've stayed there is D and D, um, and yes. they have a they brew their own beer. Um, uh, the uh, so that's kind of, and that's fun because when you go, you, they have bonfires and you kind of wind up interacting with a lot of other people that are staying there. Yeah. Um, if you are more of the, you know, trying to save and plan for the future or backpacker type, a pro tip would be to bring your own beer because they don't necessarily have a problem with you bringing in your own beer. Hmm. Uh, but you're, you're there. So when you, they don't always have the prices on the menu. So all of a sudden when I was over, you know, we paid in what, uh, like a hundred bucks or something for the whole weekend of food. Uh, but there were some guys there that were like drinking their own beer. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could bring that in. They're like, oh man, you know, they're charging like $4 a beer. Because if you, if you were buying a domestic beer in Tegucigalpa, you're, you're probably paying like $1.50 uh, sure. for a domestic beer, May, maybe three or $4 for like a, a German beer or something like that. Sure. Uh, yeah. like Heineken or something. Um, so yeah, so to pay like three or $4 a beer, some people are like, oh yeah, just, just bring your own beer in. But that place is kind of fun. It's on the lake, um, yeah. sort of weekend adventure. For, you can go for a hike. There are different Hikes. parks like La Tigra. That's oh, like yeah. the biggest one. Um, it's a national park. It's a national park. It's sort of really good. 45 mile drive from here. It's a rainforest. It's called uh, La, T La Tigra? La yes. Tigra, yeah. La Tigra. Okay. Um, yeah. what else and definitely the Copan ruins are really really nice Copan was incredible yeah yes. Co Copan um, is incredible yeah, yeah. Um, the ruins uh, 
uh, really cool. The Copan, the the city or the Copan ruins, the 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 city is such a such a cute little city. There's also a lot of stuff that is near here. All these little small little towns in the mountains. Yeah. Um, people talk a lot about Santa Ana. We've only driven through, um, but we've the two. Uh, it's called no uh yeah people will always talk about Valle de Angeles yeah and Santa Lucia but we have found out that there's a better place called Ocopona that is very beautiful not too many people talk about that town and also after Ocopona you can go to this hill where you can see lots of windmills and you can go to the windmills to see the sunset while you have some beers and food. And it is really romantic, very nice. I really like that place. They have tons yeah. of vendors out there and then a couple of restaurants. Yes. What's really yes. ironic, though, is that oh uh, I was very, when it, when people uh, were honest about it, I was very resistant being originally from the Midwest because I'm like, you're going to go and look at windmills? But it was kind of like my like uh, you know kind of knee jerk slash like culture shock reaction. Um, but you know when you're driving, you know through Iowa or something, and there's these huge windmills, and you're driving by them at 80 miles an hour, you know you kind of take them for granted, or, or you maybe think they're nice or sure. whatever. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Uh, but like being underneath the windmills on top of a mountain at sunset was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so like it was like mm -hmm. one of the I think Nazi kind of had to drag me a little bit and we went with another friend and uh and then it it was really cool. Uh and, and you know, you're just kind of up on top of the mountain and that's great. Yes. That, yeah. See, I have to put that on my bucket list of things to do because <laughs> who would think, and I'm like you, right? Because I'm from the Midwest, and you yeah. think when you guys first said that you're you're gonna go watch a sunset under a windmill, I'm like, what? <laughs> I, you know but you got but it's one of those experiences that you have to experience to understand it right yep yes yep. yeah and the mountains and you know the other thing here and that's kind of a i guess because just because we haven't brought it up yet too is 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 just that the weather you're around we're we're at an elevation here in Tegucigalpa. so if you lived in san pedro or rotan you'd be experiencing 90 degrees um yes. for large portions of the year we um we have, uh, what is it, usually between like 25 and um, like 22 and 30. So like we, not even, even up to 30. So we're we're never, except for a portion of the year, it's usually in the low 80s most days, um, sometimes in the 70s. So like the weather here in this like mountain valley and up, it's like perfect weather. It's never too cold, never too hot. It's pretty consistent every day. And then there's like a month where it's hot. Uh, and then it gets at this time of year, it's starting to get cold at night, but it's still like 75, 80 degrees during the day. So yeah. and that's the same thing with like going up to those windmills. It's like, you're sitting there in 70 degree weather, you know, watching the sunset and it's, yeah, it's yeah. Really yeah. Nice. that's really nice. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you for that. The, um, well, that's, that's, that's all I have is, is there anything else that like, you guys can think of we covered pretty much i think everything but if there's anything else you can think of that that uh the viewers might benefit from that we didn't discuss um anything come to mind that you know, one of the things that made me curious about coming on here and of course this is a little bit indifferent of a space but you know because people looking uh for information but for me uh being in a being somebody from the states who lives in honduras 
I found like a lot of really unhelpful YouTube videos, you know, mm -hmm. out there don't always, you know, if you've already chose to come or something or thinking about it, that kind of like characterize it only by the statistic of like it being a high murder rate or whatever it might be. And I think that's, yeah. that's the part where it's like, you know, especially not Roatan, but living in the capitals or living in San Pedro, um, you, it's a part of your life to think about, um, what it means for security or or what it means to be safe. But for the most part, that's not, the statistic doesn't live into people's daily lives. Like it doesn't impact people's daily lives. So then you're on YouTube and you see somebody from the States being like, they go to like our mall that's like way nicer than most malls in the States, this multi-block yeah. down the road. And people are like, oh my gosh, there's criminals around every corner. And people post crap like that on YouTube that like has nothing to do with the reality of what it's like actually yeah. to live um or or video bloggers that kind of you know do that stuff so i mean i think you know you uh you have to be conscious of your surroundings um you know but for the most part uh travel and security is not if 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 you've traveled a little bit you're not going to run into anything substantial or 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 uh, feeling uncomfortable for the most 99 of the time here i don't know for whatever that's but. yeah and another thing that I would like to say is like when you were asking us about the food in Honduras, like for example, if you go to the grocery store, um, like fruits and vegetables, they are super affordable, of course, because uh, they produce them here or maybe they come from Guatemala. Uh, so those things are very cheap. However, if you want to get some other stuff, especially if they are like healthy things, like let's say, coconut oil or a matcha tea you know these things they don't produce them here so they have to bring all these things from the states and they are very pricey you know for example in my case i'm used to find these things in colombia for very affordable prices because we produce them uh but here you're going to find lots of american brands um you know, sometimes I look at my pantry and I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like in the States because we have so many American brands in Honduras, you know? Mm. So yeah, that's very, that's very interesting. And um, yeah, there are lots of American brands that, for example, I didn't know and I got to know them here in Honduras. And of course you have to pay more money for that. And sometimes it's a little bit yeah. frustrating, frustrating, but you get used to it too. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's important for, I mean, for a person that maybe wants to, come down and live in Honduras yeah yeah well Kyle and Nati you guys are just awesome and you know <laughs> what you are the first couple that I've ever interviewed on Adventure Freaks and this has been amazing this has been so great you guys but you guys are awesome you you're just a terrific couple thank you so much for doing this and taking the time to, to share um, your experience and your journey and all these tips that can help our viewers I appreciate it very much Thank you yeah. for your time. What Thank an you. honor to be here. <laughs>